0: I think my number one lesson that I took away personally was just the power of human connection. You're listening to Business Edge, the podcast for professionals looking to excel in the workforce. You'll hear from new guests each week as they dive deep into their personal and professional experiences to give you an edge in the marketplace. This podcast is recorded by Desiree Williams and Chrissy Vasquez at the Alpha Kappa Psi Professional Business Fraternity Headquarters in Indianapolis, Indiana.
1: Happy 2020 listeners and welcome back to Business Edge. Thanks for tuning in as we begin our second season. My name is Desiree Williams and I'm the Digital Education Coordinator here at Alpha Kappa Psi.
0: My name is Chrissy Vasquez. I'm the Chief Development Officer for a nonprofit in Indianapolis called Andy Reeds, and I also serve on the Board of Directors for Alpha
1: Kappa Psi. So today we have two fantastic guests with us, Tyler Worland and Lexi Gonneau, both of whom are AKSI members. Tyler studied business management at the University of Texas at San Antonio, and Lexi pursued policy studies at Syracuse University in upstate New York. Welcome, you guys.
0: Thank
2: you. Happy to be here.
1: Today we are chatting all about study abroad. Tyler and Lexi have done quite a few traveling events with study abroad programs, and so they're going to talk to us about that. But first, um, you guys are both recent grads as well, so tell our listeners what you guys are up to right now.
0: Um, so I graduated from Sargeous University this past May, and then in June I Accepted an offer for Teach for America. So I currently live and work in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I teach fourth grade math at Cooper um, Elementary in East Tulsa.
1: Very cool. And Tyler, what about you?
2: Yeah, so I am in my second year of graduate school studying data analytics at UTSA where I did my undergrad. I'm also working uh, 40 hours between two jobs. Uh, My first job is with the San Antonio Spurs. I work with our HR organizational development team, uh, primarily assisting with our internal training efforts. And I also work as a graduate research assistant at UTSA, where I work with our exec ed programs, um, primarily working with our data and generating reports for practice.
0: That sounds like a lot of work. You sound pretty busy.
2: It is uh, definitely a very busy, busy life. I'm ready um, to be finished with the school portion of it. Um, I was always encouraged to, you know, um, by professionals and different mentors, you know, do your master's while you're young. And um, I decided to to do that uh, while working. And so um, it's been a lot, but I know it's going to be all worth it in the end.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to get us kicked off here today. Um, Lexi, you traveled to Hong Kong, and Tyler, you participated in a couple short-term programs. Lexi, can you start us off and tell us a little bit about your experience in Hong Kong? Yeah. So I traveled to Hong Kong in August of 2017. Um, I was in my junior year at SU, and ultimately I chose Hong Kong because of how unique of an experience I thought I would have, compared to more traditional play abroad centers across the world, and that was absolutely true. When we first got there, we went through a two-week seminar where we traveled to Beijing, China, Malaysia, and Singapore, and we studied the different unique identities across Asia. Um, and then we started our classes for 10 weeks where I studied Mandarin and business. And then the last five weeks of the program, I was able to independently study social entrepreneurship in Hong Kong. And all of those culminated into such an incredible, profound experience for myself where I was able to learn so much about other people, but also so much about myself. So I always advocate for traveling to Asia and studying abroad in Asia. Hong Kong was just the perfect experience for me. That's awesome. I had the opportunity to go to China and Hong Kong when I was um, in my MBA program, and that was the first time that I had been somewhere where the surroundings were so completely different than what I was used to. I feel like if you go to Europe and some other cities, if you're from the U.S., they feel more old-world charm, whereas when you're in China, it's a completely different experience altogether. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah, so um, I can definitely also echo China. Um, That was the second program that that I did. Um, I did a week program there. And so the short-term programs that I did, and the reason I did short-term programs was to really align and fit with internships. And um, by the time I wanted to study abroad, I was only, I think, like, 18 hours away from graduating, so there wasn't so much uh, to fit in. Um, I would have loved to do a semester, um, but the, the short-term programs that I did do, I tried to have a really um, different experiences with them. So the four countries that I did a study abroad in, the first one was Spain in um, Barcelona and Madrid, and then the next one was in China, um, did a few cities there. Then the one after that was in Costa Rica, and that was my longest one. Um, And that program was much different than the other ones because that one was focused on sustainability and intentional living. And most recently, I traveled to India for um, another business study abroad program.
1: This whole episode is going to make me so jealous. I always wanted to study abroad, and I never got the chance to. Um, I studied Spanish in college, so like going to Spain was absolutely a dream. So I'm, that's really cool. I'm very jealous. Um, Tyler, what inspired you to kind of look into studying abroad initially?
2: Yeah, so that's a really funny question. So for me, um, prior to even considering study abroad, it was something that never crossed my radar um, for a few reasons. The first one is just, I was very comfortable with where I was at in my city. You know, I had all of my friends here and family. And I was also just have this, you know, perception that the world is, you know, very dangerous, you know, and I felt very safe on where I was. And the second thing was um, the money. Usually um, you see people traveling and participating in the study abroad are people um, that, you know, have a lot of money or their parents have a lot of money. And Give them those opportunities to study abroad. So I just kind of ruled myself out uh, until it was one day in a business class of mine in my junior year, and they presented on um, our business study abroad programs. And one of the first selling points was it is affordable. Um, they covered ninety percent of program costs, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting." And then what they really sold me was they played a video, and the video was a student-created video, in their trip to Spain, Barcelona. And in the background of that video, they played a song called Barcelona by George Ezra, which is one of my favorite songs. And so I kind of had this emotional attachment to this video, and all of a sudden, you know, the money wasn't an issue, and I felt really safe from seeing that video. So I went ahead and applied, um, and really did not know any of the benefits from studying abroad at that point, and didn't really have good reasons to study at that point. But after that experience, that's what really made me pursue, you know, more after that. It really made me want to um, just continue to see more of the world and just continue to connect with uh, cultures that were very different than mine. Um, so although my reasons were the best that first time, um, after that, it, it really just kept pushing me um, to want to see more and just challenge myself more. So
1: And Lexi, what about you? What inspired you to look into studying abroad?
0: So I'm from a very small town in upstate New York. So I've always kind of lived a very sheltered life. So when I went to college and I started meeting people from different countries and making friends with them and understanding more about all the beautiful things the world has to offer, it really inspired me to want to see as much of it as possible. And I figured that spending a semester or four months in another country was, it college gave that, the, college made that the perfect opportunity because after college I figured I would have less time because I'd be working full time. And... There are fewer, while there are still many responsibilities in college, they certainly are not as extreme now that I'm in the workforce and I have students and children depending on me to be there every day. So I had always pictured myself studying abroad, um, and it helped really in Alpha Kappa Psi. I had so many I joined as a, a freshman, and I had so many older brothers who had studied abroad, and many of them had actually gone to Hong Kong, so I was able to connect with them over our love for traveling and hear all of the amazing things that they were afforded the opportunity to do while they were abroad, and just all hearing all of these stories really just kind of made my heart swell for traveling and especially studying abroad. And I knew that if I – I knew that I would be very disappointed in myself if I didn't take the opportunity while I was in college. So I kind of had it set from my freshman year that I was going to study abroad. And I have always been the person to really find ways to make it work. So in terms of, like, financing my trip, I applied for – almost every scholarship that I was given the opportunity to apply for. And I was incredibly fortunate enough to have been given a lot of the scholarships that really made my time in Hong Kong more comfortable because I didn't have to worry so much about how I was going to pay for it because people were so generous, um, And organizations were so generous in order to help me out. So you got a little bit, Lexi, into the fundraising part. Taylor, how did you fund
2: your trip? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, so like I said, studying abroad was not on my radar initially. And I just kind of just ruled it. Out at first, Um, so first just being with my program in Spain um, was really sold on on the program that covered you know ninety percent. So the way that one broke down was um, all we had to pay was four hundred out of pocket and just pay tuition for a regular class. And so um, what, which that really just made me you know realize. And after kind of taking a step back and realizing like how much you know if if I was to do a program on my own, it would cost and. And that is a lot. Uh, So, after that, um, that's really the first thing that I I considered and and looked into and and really encouraged people to not rule out programs because once they just kind of see figures that are in the thousands, they will just immediately rule it out. Um, Where, you know, a program that it may say all you have to pay is a thousand, um, in reality, that program could cost, you know, between like six and eight thousand. And I think that's been a lot of the cases. For me, at least for my business programs, they were heavily covered. Uh, But my other programs, you know, um, they covered some aspects of it and also offered additional funding that you could apply to. And and similar to Lexi's point, um, I also applied to scholarships. Um, You know, it's surprising um, to me how many scholarships there are that are out there. Um, You know, just in my university, there was a few. Um, I know I got some small ones from there and then just some external ones with some different organizations Um, that gave scholarships for studying abroad.
0: Yeah, Tyler, I think you make a great point. That's the one thing that I really wish I would have done as an undergraduate. We had the opportunity at Arizona State where I went that you could pay your current tuition and go abroad, and I wish I would have taken advantage of that opportunity because it was really a great value. I ended up going during my MBA, which cost me a lot more because I was paying completely out of pocket for that. Um, So that's really great advice to look into those programs and to not, get sticker shock and really kind of think about what it means and what the experience means and how that's probably going to pay bid in, in the future. Lexi, can you talk to us a little bit about how you prepared to go um, for the semester? What were things that you thought about, about how you were going to prepare to be in a culture where the language was completely different when you didn't know anybody? You're all the way across the country You're, or, or across the world. You're 12 hours ahead of everybody else in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you prepare for that? How did you decide what to pack? And when you're talking about packing, what was one thing that you brought that you couldn't live without? And what's one thing that you brought that you're like, I shouldn't have brought this? <laughs> so while I was preparing to go abroad, um, a big part of it for me was becoming aware of the culture in Hong Kong and the surrounding culture, um, so I pretty extensively researched cultural norms, things that aren't okay to do and things that are okay to do, um, just kind of, you know, in in Hong Kong and China and even in Asia, because in many communities there are so many people, like, personal space isn't really a thing, whereas in the U.S., it, we really emphasized that. Um, so I knew that I had to kind of relinquish some of that comfort um, in order to respect the culture and kind of just fit in <laughs> more and just be more understanding. Um, and in terms of other preparations, I really <laughs> I focused a lot on some of the traveling I was going to do because that was a big part of it for me. I was really excited about the classes that I was going to take, but I I purposefully took a lighter course load because I wanted to travel throughout Hong Kong and travel throughout Southeast Asia. So even before I got to Hong Kong, I made these travel itineraries for Thailand and Vietnam, which were two countries that, I knew that I had to go to while I was studying abroad, so I extensively mapped out my trip through those two countries, and I ended up taking three weeks at the end of the program and traveling by myself. And I pretty much hit all of the things that I had planned for. So I was incredibly proud of my preparation skills for that and my follow through. Um, in terms of yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, in terms of packing. I purposefully packed really light knowing that because Hong Kong is very commercial, I had the ability to buy clothes over there. So I didn't want to waste precious space with clothes that I could easily replace or whatnot. Um, And also I wanted to have space for souvenirs because my family It's a tradition that whenever I travel, I always buy my mom a mug. So I had to (laughs) save a lot of space for a mug from each of the countries that I traveled to for my mom. Um, And so I had one full suitcase and then a carry-on. And when I travel, I travel pretty lightly to begin with. When I traveled for three weeks towards the end of the program, I just had a duffel bag, which I... Made lost for the whole three weeks, so that's a huge recommendation for anyone tra- traveling abroad. Just pack light because you have access to things. You in, in in most countries, many countries, you will probably have access to some things that you can just leave at home and save that space for other things. Um, what else? One thing that I had to bring, or I thought I had to bring, but in reality I didn't, was, like, this is going to sound <laughs> pretty bad, but just a hair dryer and a straightener, but <laughs> while I was there, um, because of the electricity, like, the electrical outlet differences, I ended up frying my really expensive <laughs> straightener, so, oh, no. looking oh, back, I, I really wish pain. I feel your pain. It sucks. (laughs) But, yeah, so I definitely didn't need those. One thing I did, I I was really grateful that I did bring was really nice shoes because walking everywhere, you know, you got to take care of your feet. Um, And during the first two weeks of our seminar, we were just walking, walking, walking. So definitely saved my Feet in my legs from some pain, but good shoes are definitely a must when traveling. Um, so, yeah, it's
2: a great tip. Tyler,
0: what about you? How did you prep? What did you pack? What did you need? What didn't you need?
2: Yeah, so starting with preparation, I think that is an enormous value in just studying abroad. So, um, I don't know if any of y'all currently travel or book. Big trips. I know, Lexi. You could definitely probably speak on this with your trip that you um, planned on your own. There is um, so much you don't really realize it. how much goes into, you know, preparation into um, going a trip, going on a trip from, you know, logistics of um, transportation, accommodation, plus just understanding um, the norms and the culture of the places that you're going to. So I think. Uh, one value, a uh, giant value of all of the, the programs that I participated in is there were um, preparation classes leading up to it. Um, they varied. You know, So to speak on those, uh, my first one to Spain, it was a lot, since that was geared toward business, we focused on the culture, understanding Spain, just understanding um, Europe in general, plus the the business practices there and, and how they differ um then for China, that one, the preparation was mainly spent on language, just trying to to understand a little bit of Mandarin going in. Um, we had, I think, a semester, or I think it was two months, two months to take classes that were you know, a few hours each day on on a Friday um, every week. And then for Costa Rica for that one, it was a lot of um, just reading on the location we we're going to. It was a fully sustainable ranch and just kind of understanding. Um, what they're doing there as well as just kind of setting intentions for ourselves because the big part of that trip was just learning to live intentional kind of off the grid, how we're going to handle um, you know, being away from technology and such. And then um, the last one I did with India was uh, very similar to the one in Spain, um, learning about the culture while also learning about the business practices because that one was business as well. Then moving into packing and you know, things that I needed, and I learned this all on my first studying abroad. It is quality, really quality um, plus, you know, minimal. Um, so what I mean by that is my luggage that I took uh, was definitely not the best, and it actually broke, um, I want to say, just touching down in Barcelona. My luggage already ripped, um, so I had to buy one being there. And then on top of that, I had packed you know, um, this will lead it to my not needs, but, you know, a bunch of clothes, but on the clothing end, um, some of the, the clothes I brought were definitely not the most quality. So being packed in a suitcase, um, some of them just could not get unwrinkled and, you know, and some of the shoes, you know, although they were stylish, they were not comfortable when you're walking, you know, like eight to nine miles a day, which, um, some of the programs, some of the days we would do that. Um, so really I just echo quality items. And now on, you know, trips that I've done. I take good, good luggage, um, good bags, good good luggage, good backpacks, and then um, definitely good pairs of shoes, especially when you're walking. And then I'd say just like one pair of each, you know, quality um, clothing, you know. So if you need a business outfit, just one quality outfit there. Um, and then really I, I've just learned you could re-wear, you know, jeans, shorts, um, and also you could wash a lot of the places they have, you know, um, you know, places, whether it's at your accommodation or just going to a laundry mat.
1: Yeah, that's really great advice. I hope everyone listening now has their own packing list prepared and ready to go. Um, it seems like you guys were both, you know, really prepared and ready to take on this adventure. Did you have any fears going into this? Tyler, you want to start?
2: Definitely. Um, so fears, like I mentioned, I think, the big one is I used to just be perceived that, you know, the world is dangerous. And um, really, this is a bad habit that I learned from my mom. And we're, we're currently still talking on moving away from this, which she definitely has. But um, you can Google and find any answer that you want to look for. So, um, you know, you could you could argue that every place in the world that I've come to learn is, is dangerous to, to some extent. And there is um, trade off in, in safety and health and whatnot. And, and then same with, you know, I think um, not only that, I think I'm very intimidated by the language barrier and the, you know, unawareness of, you know, the cultural norms. But what I really realized once I was there is um, most of the, the time, you know, the cultures are very accepting. And um, when you travel with the school, um, you're often given the resources. You're often plugged in with the university in some extent. So you have that immediate connection Um, but what had really amazed me and kind of shot that whole fear down of the the language barrier is just seeing how willing um, people were uh, to you know help whenever i was lost in you know whatever country Um, although we never spoke the same language uh, they would try so hard to find a middle ground with me um, and that was just so eye-opening and and by far my biggest takeaway that i've um, taken from studying abroad and um, so, with that being said, you know, almost everything that I had that was a fear um, was really um, never really a fear at all. Once I, once I got there, they were all kind of shot down, um, you know, for different reasons, but really had nothing to fear in the first place.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of more like the anticipation of it, but once you're there, it kind of fades away.
0: Yeah, kind of just to echo it, before I had gone abroad, I... In my other trips, I had frequently gotten a lot of feelings of anxiety when things didn't go the way that I'd planned. So one of my fears kind of going into it was, okay, what if I am in Hong Kong traveling like, by myself, finding a new place, or if I'm traveling to a whole different country by myself and, you know, I get stranded on an island or whatever, something doesn't go logistically the way that I'd hoped for, that could potentially put me in a a really tight spot. Um, The thoughts of that had kind of crept up. But once I got to Hong Kong, I realized that I just had to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable and being put into some situations that weren't always ideal but they ultimately taught me a lot about my ability to think independently and problem solve. Um, that really just it helped me it helped me get more comfortable with doing things on my own. Um, and now I travel alone pretty frequently and I enjoy traveling alone a lot. Um and I Accredit it to your to my experience abroad, um, but yeah, just like Tyler, I had a lot of people telling me how dangerous Asia was, and this and that, and I was like, "Okay, most of you haven't even been to Asia, so I will wait to form my own opinions um, when I get there." And when I got there, I In every single country that I went to, I met the nicest, most incredible people ever. And so those feelings of potential fear, anxiety really dissipated and were welcomed by complete strangers who, like Tyler said, helped me out when I was lost or when I was ordering food and the menu was in Vietnamese. Um, And things like that. So the power of kindness and the power of community is really strong all over the world. So, So that really helped relieve all my fears. Those are great points. When I went over to China, my mom said to me, please do not go into any of these behind the scene rooms for the designer knockoff purses. And mm-hmm. sure enough, in Hong Kong, my first day, my friends were supposed to meet me and their flight got delayed. So I went and found one of these in the market. I didn't tell my mom until she read about about it on my blog. And so she was not very thrilled. But never once did I feel uncomfortable or unsafe. <laughs> but right. yeah, my mom wasn't people, happy with me. <laughs> Yeah, people are always like, you know, you're a woman traveling alone. That's dangerous. And I n- never once felt like anyone was going to put Me in danger, or I was putting myself in a dangerous situation. Um, And I'm very fortunate to be able to say that. I'm sure not everyone experiences, has experienced that, but just from my experience, that I never felt like someone was going to harm me. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's being smart, right? So when you're traveling, you Mm -hmm. have to be aware. You can't be naive. You have to be aware. And you have to take, you know, precautions to protect yourself. So for example, I never kept all of my cash in one place. I never took more cash than I needed out. You know, you just do things to make sure that you can be as safe as possible.
1: Looking back on your time abroad, um, Lexi, what are some maybe top two or three lessons that you took away and brought home with you?
0: I think my number one lesson that I took away personally was just the power of human connection. Um, In Hong Kong, there were so many incredible people that were willing to share their culture with me and open up their lives to let me in. And I can't, always say the same for people that I grew up around or that I currently am surrounded by. Um, So that was just an incredible experience.
1: I love that. Tyler, what about you? What are some of the lessons you learned abroad and brought home with you?
2: Simple. My biggest one is simple and um, very similar to Lexi's. It's that we're all human beings at the end of the day. I think um, prior to me studying abroad, I always strive to be um, you know very inclusive, non-judgmental. but after I studied abroad for the first time, what I had realized is that I had unconscious bias. and um, what I mean by that is when I was back home before studying abroad, I you know, like I said, I always strive to be inclusive and, and whatnot but whenever somebody, would come up to me, a stranger, friend, friend of a friend who spoke another language than me, I would immediately rule myself out for being somebody who could help them or, or make a connection with them just because I didn't speak their language. And I was completely wrong in doing that. And I learned that pretty early on in, in Spain. And I think I had just knocked myself so much because I'm like, oh, man, I only know so much Spanish. And then and Spanish also is very different over there than it is, um, here where I am in San Antonio. And just whenever I was over there with friends and there were people who, who didn't speak the same language as me and they would try so hard to figure out what, what I'm trying to say. Um, even just, you know, like waiters at at restaurants and just really random people on the, on the streets. Um, you know, and they would try so hard to help me out. And I was like, wow, I've been, you know, so terrible back home and also building on that too, is uh, I learned how to build connections when you don't even have that um, language. You know, we all laugh, um, you know, we all smile, we all enjoy, you know, things such as, you know, going to the park, going to the bar, having a drink. You know, there are different things that we can connect on. Um, and with, you know, if both parties are trying to make that connection, um, you could definitely get there. And, and I think that is just something that for me is just so, beautiful and that I really try to bring into my life every day and has just really stuck with me. And a a second lesson I think is really just overall humility and also just embracing the unknown. Um, I think as, you know, a young professional, especially, you know, just in college prior to to studying abroad, I think it's so easy to, um, you know, feel those um, societal pressures or just pressures at home of you know needing to have your life figured out, and I mean not to say that those are still pressures that I feel today, but uh, studying abroad has made me, me realize sometimes you know you can't prep for the unknown, um, and you don't need to really control everything. Um, I think with studying abroad, I wanted to, and sometimes I still think I can do this whenever I'm traveling. You know, build the perfect itinerary, um, and you know navigate through a city you know that I've never been to. You know, because I think I'm that adaptable. Um, But when in reality, you know, that's not always the case. And it's a really humbling experience to, you know, um, ironically have this whole plan and it just kind of shred to pieces, um, you know, because nothing goes as planned. But uh, there's also really beauty in that because you see that, you know, um, you really don't need to prep um, so much and just really trust in, you know, good people. And, you know, things will kind of get figured out, if that makes sense.
1: I think that's really cool. Those are, you know, great lessons and the fact that you guys can recognize those in yourselves and be able to articulate that and bring it home and live it out, I just think that's fantastic. So props to you guys.
0: How do you think these experiences and lessons have really impacted your career path? Being a business major and also studying policy while I was in undergrad and then studying abroad in one of the major financial hubs of the world was a very unique experience. And while I didn't have an internship while I was there, because I, I chose to independently research, I saw the value that I was still given, because while I was independently researching, I was able to network with professionals who were working to start social enterprises or currently working in social enterprises in Hong Kong and I was able to build my network that way and meet people that I wouldn't have met through the university that I was at or through the study abroad program. So I was able to practice those professional skills on a whole nother level and coming back to undergrad at SU, after those four months abroad, I was then given the opportunity to become a global ambassador, which further helped my ability to speak, to publicly speak, because I was giving presentations to classes, to organizations, to just large groups of people, and also networking with professors about their experiences abroad and also mine and overlapping some similarities and also noting differences. So overall it was just a great networking opportunity that professionally enhanced me and also personally. That's wonderful. That's so great lessons and things to take away from it. Tyler?
2: Yeah, so how it's impacted my professional life. Um, I could really go on and on about this one, but I think the, the biggest way for me, um, i going to approach this in a unique way, but it's um, from a mental health standpoint, it's helped me a lot. Um, and to elaborate on that, you know, I think, you know, just with college and everything, I find myself, you know, drowning in, in stress, um, and that impacts my health in a variety of other ways. Um, and it is, you know, just a lot. And by studying abroad, it had really given me that space to explore and to focus on myself, um, you know, because once you are taken out of your comfort zone, kind of preaching what Lexi said earlier, you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, there's a lot of value in that, because it really makes you um, forget about, you know, whatever is on your mind and, and focused on you know, the new place that you're in, because once you're plugged into a, a place that you've never been to, um, as I mentioned, regardless of your preparation, most likely you're going to feel a little bit of that um, uncomfortable and un, unease. And and with that, that had really helped me just, you know, kind of take my mind off of the things that are stressing me out and, and focus on other things. And from there, it it's really um, also gave me the space to then um, just focus on myself and, you know, um, look into, you know, just giving me clarity on my career or just relationships that I was struggling back home. It gave me a space to just think about those things. And that's still something that I really value in traveling now. I usually, before finals week, I take short trips. Um, it sounds so silly, uh, but I take, I take short trips, um, you know, just a little weekend right before I have finals because finals week used to just stress me out like no other And, you know, I do a little bit of studying, but I also just do a lot of just self-reflecting and meditation and just getting my mind off of, you know, the things that are stressing me out. And in return, um, you know, I definitely don't study as much as I used to, but I go into those tests with the right headspace. And every time I study abroad and and travel, I come back in a better headspace um, for work and for just, you know, at home interpersonal relationships as well. And you know some specific examples now on on other ways that studying brought us help my professional life. It's really you know just enhanced my ability and desire to build relationships. You know it's extended you know the the people that I look for to build relationships with. And uh, when it comes to discussing new ideas and um, talking with people from different backgrounds, just having an open mind. And then also just being able to adapt to ambiguous environments um, because a lot of you know, the jobs that I, I've worked in. It's same with, you know, college, you know, we study so much, um, but it's not going to make us expert in in the field. A lot of what we learn in the field, we don't know yet um, until we're there. Um, so it's definitely really helped with just being comfortable in those ambiguous environments. And then lastly, I think it's, it's opened up career opportunities for me. Um, because I, I have this desire to see the world, I do not limit myself to, you know, just jobs in my city or just jobs in America. You know, I'm very open to jobs in Europe, very open to jobs in China um, and, you know, various places. So I think that, you know, having that will give me more options as I continue to grow my career.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. And I love that you talked about getting that kind of recharge because I think we're such an over society and we have access to so much so quickly that a lot of us don't take that time anymore to kind of recharge and go off the grid. So I like that point that you made a lot. When you got home, what was the thing you were most, thing, person, experience, you were most excited to have back in your life? And then um, also, if you could give listeners that are interested in traveling and studying abroad, what's your one piece of advice you would give them? You can only pick one.
2: Um, so first on on what I, I think every country, what I'm always most excited about, um, makes me very appreciative of my city is coming back home to breakfast tacos. Uh, so there are um, <laughs> it is something of value here in San Antonio. You know, um, every you know two blocks we have a Mexican restaurant, um, and I, I could eat, eat breakfast tacos like all day every day. And so being away, um, you know, regardless of the place have good food you know uh, Spain the food was amazing um, there I loved almost every meal um, but you know even when I loved every meal you know none of the places I've been to had breakfast tacos so generally whenever I I would always come back that would be the first thing that I would get to eat and um, it would always be you know very (laughs) glorious for me
1: that's awesome
2: and then advice that I would give I would say, you know, it's, you know, do it as early as you can and just, like, learn about studying abroad. Because, you know, for me, I, it, the opportunity had to come right in front of my face, um, you know. So just seeking, you know, those opportunities and just, you know, just to listen and, and to see. Because I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think we're so easy to see, um, you know, thousand-plus dollars you know, thousands of dollars, we're immediately like, oh my God, that is so expensive. But taking the time to listen and being like, oh my gosh, wow, this covers that much of the program. That's amazing. And then advice if you do study abroad, I um, wanted to mention this earlier, but to really try not to go with the flow, go with the wind. And what I mean by that is these are usually kind of structured programs and um, it's easy to, you know, follow the group, follow the, the professor. Um, and it is fine, you know that that'll get you through. But I found uh, a lot of value in, um, you know, while you're doing that, uh, being aware of, you know, checking, you know, your map, checking the different street signs. Um, so that way, if you're ever in that country again, um, you're you're kind of making yourself more aware of your surroundings um, because it's so easy to just kind of go with the flow. And then if you're ever out there on your own, it's like, oh my god, how did we get to this place? You know. And so challenging yourself to. Um, You know, just to be present in the moment and observe and, you know, treat it. Although you're with a group or, you know, with other people that, you know, know where they're going, um, try to discipline yourself on, you know, learning how to get there yourself too. Um, That'll be a tremendous value to you later on whenever you travel.
0: Great advice. Thank you. And who doesn't love breakfast tacos? Oh, Um, (laughs) Lexi, can you share with us? So, when I went abroad, it was the first time that I had been away from my family for that long of a, a period. I had my university was only forty five minutes from where I I grew up, so it was I was able to see my mom at least once a month. So, and I'm very close with my family, and especially my mom. So, being away from them was really hard. Um, but of course, like just with the technology today, like. Being able to Facetime, text, or Facebook Messenger, um, people to keep in contact with them really helped that transition. Um, And in terms of things, this might sound this might sound weird, but I really I didn't understand how much I missed my bed while I was there. the the beds in that's a good one. the beds in Asia or at least in Hong Kong from my experience are very hard um, and while there are certain health benefits for that when I got home I think I slept probably fifteen hours the first night and I just felt like I my body melted into my bed like that's how much more comfortable or how much more comfort my bed at home provided than the one that I had in my apartment in Hong Kong Um, so my family and my bed were the two things I missed the most and then in terms of advice when and after someone decides to take the opportunity to study abroad because I believe that everyone should um, definitely explain Explore the country, the city that you're in. I know a lot of people who went abroad and their, their goal was to travel out of the country or out of the city every weekend. And when I was there, I made it my job to not only explore Asia, but explore Hong Kong because Hong Kong was my home for four months. That's where I felt more tied down. Um, and where it's now where I do like consider like a a second home or a home in a way. And I was able to go all over the city, you know, to the downtown financial district, but also to the mountains and the beaches and explore a lot that Hong Kong has to offer. Um, so I really took advantage of the local transportation systems and, exploring just Hong Kong as a city. That's a really great point. Thanks for sharing that. Because I think it is easier, like, oh, I'm so close to everything. I just want to go see it all.
1: As we start to wrap up here, um, we kind of have a signature question here um, on Business Edge. So, Lexi, I'll have you start this one. Um, Tell us about a time that your personal values were challenged and then how you handled that. And this can be while you were studying abroad, or you know, in your professional experience so far. So one of
0: my personal values is I, diversity. You I know, really try to seek out diverse experiences, whether that be diverse people, um, etc. So when I was when I began my classes in Hong Kong, I realized that the option that I had chosen, there, there were two options I could have chosen from um, when applying through SU. One of them was the uh, Hong Kong SU Abroad Center. So that's the one that I ultimately choose. And that one was taught by professors who are employed by SU. And, and the classes were made up of just people in your broad program. And the other option was City University direct enroll, so that option was you were going to City University of Hong Kong classes with other City U students, Um, and so I had chosen the option where it was just SU or SU abroad program students, Um, and I realized that that didn't provide the diverse experience that I was hoping for because... I was already living with these individuals and all of whom I grew great relationships with, but it w- would have been, I think, more, it would have been a more a better experience for me if I had chosen to take classes with other Hong Kong students or um, with Hong Kong professors. But in, to compensate for that, I was, I took advantage of an opportunity through a partnership between the SU Abroad program and City U where I was partnered with, like, three City U students, and we had, like, this mentorship program where I and another um, SU Abroad student, we would exchange, like, our cultural values and just, like, our experiences, and the three or four individuals that we were partnered with, they would share theirs. And they took us around Hong Kong and showed us, like, restaurants and markets that we might not have been to had we not formed that relationship. Um, so that was kind of a small way to kind of live out my value of seeking diverse experiences and um, diverse people given the misconceptions I had of the program that I choose, that I chose.
1: Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Tyler, what about you?
2: Yeah. So that's a really, really good question. And I think for me, so I really value, um, you know, perseverance and never giving up. And when I was in Costa Rica, so that was my longest trip, and that one was completely off the grid. And um, I can definitely speak on loving your bed when you come back, especially from that experience. I value um, embracing, you know, other cultures and wanting to experience that so much. And while we were there, they um, spoke both English and Spanish, you know. So it, it was all. It, it got pretty comfortable, um, at least with. You know, the culture pretty fast up of just an uncomfortable um, living situation. So there were times where I wanted to almost, you know, give up and leave and, and was really pushed to that. Um, but I, I kind of talked to myself, you know, out of it, talked with, you know, the people we, we were bonded on that trip, you know, given that we were in that such tight space. And so just being able to, to talk with each other, how we're going to get through it, through this, because there was multiple people who were, you know, we're all wanting to almost want to throw in. Um, the towel, but we really learn to just make um, the most of it while we're there, and, and I think there's a lot of value in that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's a really good point. Well, we are so excited to talk to you guys today. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences. I think you guys are great examples of AK5 Brothers, so thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank y'all for having us.
1: Thanks for listening to Business Edge. If you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions for us, email businessedge at akci.org.